Leonard busy this morning. <laughs> we'll read our passage to us again as we go so we can look at it at a time. Before I do, let's pray. Lord, we love you. And we ask you to speak to us through your word. So may these words of my lips and these meditations of all of our hearts be pleasing in your sight, O Lord, our rock and our redeemer. Speak, Lord, for your service listening. Amen. Amen. So this morning, we come to the end of our series on mission. Ambassadors for God in the world. We've thought about introducing people to Jesus. We've thought about the gospel. We've thought about getting started in following Jesus and then going on to maturity. And today we're going to look at what God has called us, the church, to be in the world. So we're going to start with verse 2. We always thank God for all of you mentioning you in our prayers. So, first thing is obvious, but not easy. If this church is going to be all it is called to be, it has to be soaked in prayer. Confession. I find prayer quite hard work. I can chat to God throughout the day, and I do chat to God throughout the day, and that's, that's fairly easy and great fun. Consistent, conscientious prayer permission, that I find harder. Our family uses Chris's prayer diary um, at mealtimes, and so we work through praying for the whole church. So if you want to be on the prayer diary, you have to fill in your GDPR form and give it to Chris, otherwise we can't be from prayer diary or get into lots of trouble. So if you'd like to be on the prayer diary, do talk to Chris. We pray for people at our leadership time. We pray in services. We pray before services. We have a prayer WhatsApp. If you want to be part of the prayer WhatsApp, talk to myself, Chris, Abby, and we will get you on to the prayer WhatsApp. So we do pray. It's not like we don't pray. I still feel like we're scratching the surface of praying, you know? Because prayer lines us up with God's agenda. Prayer connects us with God's heart and God's power. And so without prayer, basically, we're just running around burning ourselves out. And that happens quite a lot. And I feel I've got so much to learn and grow in this area. I wonder perhaps if some of us are a little bit frustrated here, kind of certain series on mission, we thought, I would love to be doing more mission, but my circumstances just allow, don't really allow me to do that. I mean, my mental health, or my physical health, or my work, my other commitments, or my parenting, there are all these things I want to do, but I just can't do them. Just encouragement from verse 2 here. The most foundational thing that we can do, and the most powerful thing we can do in mission is to pray. So you can reach the world, transform the world from wherever you are, at any moment. By sharing your heart about with God. I pray that you 
We continue to remember before our God and Father your work produced by faith, your labor prompted by, your, by love, and your endurance inspired by hope in our Lord Jesus Christ. So the mission is a whole lot more than just what we do. Mission is who we are, our character, our heart, our priorities. Our work is meant to flow out of our humble dependence on God and his promises, his spirit working through us. Our efforts are supposed to be an expression of love. I find it so easy in mission to get caught up with ambition or reputation or even excitement about a task. I, I quite like in crossroad with mine, quite like doing Sudoku puzzles. I don't want mission to become like that. Mission isn't supposed to be something that's just intellectually challenging and satisfying. It's supposed to be about love. About loving God and loving people enough to try and help them to love God and love other people. This is hard work. It is very easy to give up. But if we remember why it is that we're doing mission, that helps us to keep going. Jesus is coming back, isn't he? Jesus is going to judge the world. Everyone's destiny is going to depend on what they've done with Jesus. So if we get distracted from mission, we wander off into something else and just leave mission behind. When Jesus is going to come back again, that's going to not look a great decision, is it? So if we can keep that in mind, maybe that will help us keep focus. <coughs> Verse 4 and 5. For we know, brothers loved by God, that he has chosen you because our gospel came to you not simply with words but also with power with the Holy Spirit and with deep conviction Thank you Mission is not more than just people professing faith or people just trying to change society Mission is about the word of God and the spirit of God transforming the lives of the community so mission is not something we get on with and we ask God to bless us. Mission is something that God is doing and he wants to bless us so we can join in with what he is doing. If we want to see the world change for Jesus, I want to see the world change for Jesus. Yeah. 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 I look around me, I think, you know, the world itself is wonderful, but it's a horrible, horrible mess. I want to see Jesus change that. I look at awfully sad news we've had this morning. That breaks your heart. Jesus is the only way. Jesus is the only way. His power, his life at work through us. Verse 5b and 6. You know how we lived amongst, among you for your sake. You became imitators of us and of the Lord. In spite of severe suffering, you welcomed the message with joy given by the Holy Spirit. Just a little point is the one who's actually preaching this morning. I'm just making commentary on what he says, yeah? This, 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 this stuff in that word, that's the real meat. Some comments about it. In these verses and the next few, we saw what it looked like for Paul to do mission. Firstly, it happened through modelling 
and innovation. So Paul didn't just speak a message. He lived out the message that he was speaking in the midst of the people so people could watch him and copy how he lived. Now, of course, Paul didn't make that up himself. Paul copied that, didn't he? Who did he copy that from? Jesus. Jesus? From God, no less. God didn't just sit up in heaven and shout instructions to us. He came and lived in our midst so we could see the life lived out and watch it and copy it. God didn't send a prophet. God came in person. There was a famous Chinese evangelist called Watchman Nee. He's a great man, isn't it? Watchman Nee. He once said, people forget 95% of what you say. That's true, isn't it? Yeah. Well, I tell you, to go up, pick up his socks. God. Yeah. But they never forget who you are. Forget 95% of what people say, but you never forget who they are. It's true. Follow my example, as I follow the example of Christ, said Paul. Whatever you have learned or received or heard from me or seen in me, put it into practice. So as ministers of the church, what Carvalho and Abbey and me say from up here, is less significant by some way than how you experience us when we're not up here speaking. In the Jewish world, there are rabbis. And you can see them in the community around here. In general, tell the rabbis because they've got the biggest beards. They've also got, normally, a crowd of young men following them. Um, so rabbis and teachers teachers that have disciples, and disciples are trying to spend as much time as they can with their rabbi to watch and to learn and to listen, to soak up their teaching, to soak up their way of life, their character, their heart, their agenda. Ultimately, a disciple is trying to become like their rabbi so they can carry forward the teaching and ministry and mission. And that's Paul's model in these verses. Paul was a disciple of Jesus, and he was a rabbi of the Thessalonians. And his aim was that the Thessalonians would so copy him that they would reproduce what he was doing with them with other people. He didn't want them just to respond to a message and profess faith. He wanted them to become movement builders. So that the message of Christ would ripple out from them. Verse 7. And so you became a model to all believers in Macedonia and Achaia. The Lord's message rang out from you not only in Macedonia and Achaia. Your faith in God has become known everywhere. It works! It really did work. Here we see four generations of disciples. You have Paul. Paul passed his faith off the Thessalonians. The Thessalonians made connection with the Macedonians and Achaeans, and after that, I got known everywhere. Yeah? Four <coughs> generations of stuff getting passed on. What started without, with Paul has now written far beyond Paul. Lots of 
lots of people hearing about Jesus who've never heard of Paul. They're hearing about it from Macedonians and Archeans. They learned it from the Thessalonians. And they don't send them to Thessalonians. Who does that again? This thing has got a life of its own. Paul's not simply making converts. Paul was building movement builders. Paul was training people who would carry Jesus to the world. That is what we are meant to be. The gospel is supposed to ripple out from us so that everyone, everywhere, comes to know about Jesus. Um, last bit, 9b, 10. Therefore, we do not need to say anything about it, for they themselves report what kind of reception you gave us. They tell how you turned to God from idols to serve the living and true God, and to wait for his Son from heaven, whom he raised from the dead, Jesus, who rescues us from the coming wrath.
We're starting new small groups. We're starting new ministries. We have a Portuguese-speaking service. Our Brazilian families are greatly strengthening and blessing us. Chip and Diane have been accepted by the navigators to come and work with us and try to buy a house in Gateshead. We have more and more people with leadership gift being raised up in the church. It's that death and resurrection thing, isn't it? The rubbish is there, and the blessing is there. It's autumn now, isn't it? I have to confess, I'm, I'm not done with summer yet. I'm not ready to let go of summer, but it is autumn. But springtime is where we're at spiritually. Yeah? It's spiritual springtime. There is new life all over the place. I believe now is the time we now start thinking very seriously about church There are loads of small congregations up and down the river that will soon disappear. And all of their resources and histories will be lost. Now, I believe, is the time to cry out to God and see if He will turn the tide. As I look around, there are all sorts of things in this church that are fragile and not quite as we want them to be. Since COVID, all churches seem to be struggling with people regularly attending. Organisationally, we need more capacity. There are loads of gifted people sitting in this room today who we haven't quite got into the place where they can serve as fully as maybe you would like to. We need to work on that. Discipleship and prayer are patchy. But if we wait for things to be perfect, I feel we'll be waiting forever. And we will miss God has a mission. God is calling us to join in with what he's doing. God longs to use and bless anyone who will trust and obey him. Gateshead, Newcastle, Tyneside, the Tyne Valley, the North East. How long and high and wide and deep is the love of Christ? How long and high and wide and deep is it? Enough transform anywhere where it's received. Now to him who is able to do immeasurably more than all he does or imagine. According to his power at work within us, to him be glory in the church and in Christ Jesus throughout all generations forever and ever. Amen. Would you like to be part of the gospel movement to reach the Lord Jesus? Does that sound good? Yeah. So we stand up.